Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Come on, put your hands together for that. Isn't that good? It's exciting. You know, the Word of the Lord for our house is go. And I I really sense a go about our church. Go, go home and bless your world. Go home, go to work with a new attitude. Go overseas. We're going on a mission trip uh, to Dominican Republic. Me and, I don't know, nine other men just a couple of weeks from now. There's a go about our church. There's a go to Bergen Pack. There's a go in our music. There's a go in kids. There's a, there's a go in youth. Can I get a good amen? Would you stand to your feet for a moment? We have the great honour of having uh, great friends, mentors, pastors, leaders, uh, Pastor Michael Murphy and Valerie Murphy, all the way from Australia. Can you give that a hand? And uh, they've been friends of ours for a long time been on part of the journey. I think the first time you guys ever came to our church, I think was Clifton back in the day. My goodness, back in the day. And they were there when we were at the Williams Centre in this unusual pizza slice of a building. And they've been along the journey with us. And it's been a real honour. And because I basically have no Aussies in my church, I always bring Aussies to preach to you just to make myself feel good. And uh, But anyway, can we give Michael Murphy a huge hand as he comes up to minister to us? Come on, lean in. Let's bring some faith. G'day. G'day, Church Alive. How you going? So good to be here. And I just want you to know, Pastor Anthony and Miriam, um, what a... What an honour and how much you make us feel at home here. Um, we travel a lot. I, I, I travel probably six months of the year plus, And there are certain houses, certain places that I can just let it all hang out, so to speak. And uh, you have created a table here of, of life, of joy, of faith. That, that is just so, so beautiful. I was so excited about Valerie coming and uh, being part of this today. Um, I want you to know as friends, we absolutely honour you. We have the highest respect for you as apostolic leaders. And though there's been extraordinary growth over the last several years, I, honestly, I believe that right now is a seed. That's all it is, a seed to the harvest that God has for the future. You don't need to be afraid of that. It's a seed. God, is, God germinates the seed in His time. Seeds don't happen out of time. They happen in time. And, and you're part of a Kairos historic miracle of God right now. Um, and while, we, while we're talking about it, you had a word. Yeah, why, don't you, why don't you thank God for your pastor? Pastor Anthony, I love your soft heart. I love your leaning um, to the Holy Spirit. You're both very prophetic. And uh, uh, just on the conference, on the Bergen Pack, um, you know, we've heard a little bit come out of Ukraine of, you know, some of the weapons, the sonic weapons, you know, it's like supersonic, ultrasonic weapons. 
where they go in and a, a, like a, a field of sound. And, and just in that last moment of worship there, I feel like God was saying there's going to be an ultrasonic boom that goes out of this particular Brazilian Women's Conference that's going to launch something right around the United States and the world. We love you. We love you. How you going, all right? You doing good? Just before I get you to sit down, um, I was... I want to talk to you today about your thinking. I just, I've literally just switched up the word uh, in the middle um, to be a different message, all right? So that's always scary. It's, it could be a bit rough and ready, but I know it's the Word of God, so that's a good thing. But here's the thing. I'm going to call your thinking up to another level today. Uh, I, I had dropped into my heart, different word for the, the first service, but that there were some of you that have been caught up in dark thinking. Like dark, there's a dark thinking, like some scary thinking. Now you shouldn't be condemned or ashamed because the Bible says that, that there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Your family here, we've all got our stuff, right? In fact, if you haven't got your stuff, why don't you just fly around the room? We'll give you a standing ovation right now. <laughs> Others and you've got dull thinking. Your thinking is like almost, almost um, benign. It's almost like, meh, like there's a, there's a wet blanket on you. God's going to break that free today. Others, you it's distracted. You know, some of us have got the attention span of an imp. And, uh, but but the, I'm going to call you thinking up. You know, Isaiah 55 talks about God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth. That's the gap, guys. So, so I'm going to invite you to lift your thinking up from dark thoughts, dull thoughts, distracted thoughts into generational thinking and eternal thinking today. You've been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. Father, I just right now we pray for your word. I thank you for every man and woman. Uh, those that are in the room, our family online, big welcome to you. God, I thank you for your anointing. Lord, I, 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 my message is half prepared because of that, of that prompting in worship, but I'm very confident and, and feel a sense of authority and a green light to move forward with what you put on my heart. Lord, I give you the praise and glory for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. So there are certain types of thinking that, that engender heroics in the hearts of people. There's, there's a certain, there's the war going on at the moment, the atrocities that are happening has, has captured the heart of surprisingly to many, the president of Ukraine, uh, President Zelensky. And he is being hailed as a hero. I think the Americans offered him safe haven. And the reason they offered is because most would take it. And his, his kind of wry reply was, I don't need a lift, I need ammunition. He's fighting for a cause bigger than himself. If his thinking was about him, 
he would have taken the first plane out and justified it by the fact that he needs to stay alive in order to run the government. He's, he's thinking about generational thinking of young Ukrainian girls and boys. He's thinking about thinking beyond himself. And I want to invite you to lift your thinking. Um, the, the, there's, a, there's an old saying that says that a, 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 commu- a city, a, a community or a church, a measure of that maturity is that old men plant trees under whose shade they will never sit. Generational thinking. Young men go to war to put their lives at risk for the sake of the next generation. Come with me to to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. The the Bible is full of examples of trees that are really significant. In fact, the whole gospel story is built around trees. Do you know that? Creation in the garden was built around a, a garden, a river, and, and a couple of trees. Bunch of trees, but there was a couple of note, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, then then the, the greatest deception in humanity, in history, happened around a tree. The devil said, did God really say, you can eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil? Our saviour hung on what is called typically a tree, a cross, but a tree. Think about this, God, imagine the day God sowed the seed for the tree that was going to be the cross that his son hung on. God's a generational and eternal thinker. It would have been a tough day, it would have been probably the toughest seed he ever sowed. And then you go right to the end of the book, Revelation 22, and we see that it all wraps up with a beautiful river and trees with the leaves of those trees being for the healing of the nations. The Bible's full of examples of trees. And this particular verse uh, in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 9, I think it's on the screen for you. It says, And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Interesting there, that the, it wasn't just, and, and I didn't understand this honestly for years, that the, that the, um, the fruit was, was not just about disobedience. It was actually, note the name of the tree. It was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God's domain is the right to decide what is good and what is evil. Eve taking of that fruit in disobedience to God actually took the right, the responsibility to herself, themselves, for what was good and what was evil. And the rest, they say, is history. We've got, we've got craziness. I, I think you've, you've seen... Maybe some of you have seen the photo, like it's a heartbreaking photo in one of the squares. Uh, it wasn't in Kiev, it was in um, the other city on the, in the, in the uh, west, but with the, starting with the M. Uh, anyway, I think it was, and there was a whole lot of uh, baby carriages, um, strollers or prams. I think there were 64 of them to articulate. They were all lined up, the number of children, innocent children that have been killed. As, I mean, you know, it's just, it's real. It's happening right now. 
And thank God we know Jesus, but we need to be praying for the Ukrainian people. We need to pray for a divine intervention to that thing, to stop the slaughter. But you know, without in any way uh, mitigating or, 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 or rolling over quickly of the reality of actual physical war, the truth is that if we lined up the baby carriages of the lives of innocent lives born and unborn that have been taken, you could not find a square big enough. There would be hundreds and hundreds of thousands, millions of them. If we lined up the baby carriages of children who have had the philosophies of death from an early age, whether it involves sexuality or identity or whatever, you, you, you would not, a, a, a quadrangle, hundreds of miles square would not contain the baby carriages. And so make no mistake, and again, please hear my heart, I'm not in any way denigrating or making light of what's happening in the physical war. Make no mistake, ladies and gentlemen, friends in the room here, those family online, we are at war. There is a war going on in the heavenlies right now for the hearts and the minds of the next generation. Whether you want to be part of that war or not, the war has been declared. The war is being fought. You can sit on your chuff, you can try, try and sit on the bench, but like it or not, you're at war. I want to invite you today to plant a tree. I want to invite you today to establish some things to sow. <clears throat> my, my, uh, my beautiful wife here, we, we both come from pretty broken backgrounds. If you're here watching online and you think, man, I'm not really a churchy. I didn't really get brought up in a Christian home. I'm, I'm sort of a bit rough around the edges. You know, I still cuss every now and then and probably drink too much every now and then. Um, you know, I don't stand here and nor do your pastors as holier than thou, pointing the finger, uh, coming from some sort of position of, of, uh, of, of arrogant superiority. I remember, I remember what it was like only 30 something years ago when my life was broken. I was rolling out of bars at all sorts of times of, of the night, had a teenage pregnancy at 18, was sexually abused by a male at 14, messed me up big time. I remember what it was like on that. And so I don't come here out of a sense of, well, you've got to get your life together. I come with open hands and an open Bible with the Holy Spirit on that, knowing, knowing. Knowing the grace of God. No matter where you are right now, no matter how far away from God, no matter how much you're messing up, I'm going to invite you to, to make a shift in your spirit and, to, and, and, and a shift in your thinking. You, you, you can get to heaven just with a shift of your thinking, but you can only know generational destin, destiny as a shift in your mind. Even the word repent, you know, it gets a bad rap. You know, you, the, the, the old gospel preachers like, repent! <laughs> you know what repent means? The word metanoia, which means change your thinking. Like repent is not just getting on your face and sucking carpet till there's a pool around you of tears. It may end up that way. When you understand how undone you are, that's, that's not unlikely. 
But it's more than that. It's actually when you get up and the carpet's dried and you walk out and you say, I now walk as a man or a woman of God, walking in destiny. My beautiful bride, her, her background also was, was reasonably broken. She was a flight attendant and uh, had, a, had, a, had a church background as a, a young girl, um, was married as a younger girl. She's still very young, but younger still. We've been married for nearly 39 years, but in, in her early 20s, she was married just for a couple of years and her husband at the time walked out with someone else. Broke her heart, as you can imagine. And uh, as a flight attendant, she would come home from a, a shift and uh, lived in Brisbane, which is a uh, kind of a tropical climate. Think Florida in terms of... And, and she planted a little sapling, a little tree, power of a tree. And she would, in the afternoon, when the sun was going down, she'd water that tree and she would cry. She'd water that tree and she would cry. And then, of course, she moved away and moved down to Sydney and came to a church and was serving God uh, there, uh, still flying with Qantas International Airlines, so she spent a lot of time around the world, and Buggerlugs here walks in. <laughs> Arrogant as the noonday sun, honestly. Thought I was God's gift to everyone. <laughs> True story. I'd been a Christian. I'd been a Christian two months and I got a call from the guy who was running the university campuses, like major ministry. And I thought, what could he want? I know, he wants me to help run it. <laughs> so you think I've got to strut now, my gosh. So, so we, we got married, fell in love, had three amazing kids. They became teenagers. It was about 23 or 25 years on from when she planted that tree. We were driving past the suburb, the, the area that she used to live. And I said, I said, honey, do you want to go back and check out that house that you used to... She said, oh, really? Because we'd never talked about it. And I said, let's do it. So the sun was about to go down, sort of in the dusk. We finally found... It took ages to find the street. She had no idea of the number of the house. But as we rounded into her little dead-end street, there was this poinciana tree covering not only her property but the properties on either side. I think we might even have a shot of that there. As God was watering her life through her tears, he was watering that through the rain. And that's a metaphor of the restoration of my beautiful bride, but it's a metaphor for what God wants to do to restore all of your lives in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Proverbs 13, 22 and 23, this is, this is all consistent with the first message. I'm about to depart into Neverland. I don't know how we're going to go with that, but we'll... I literally... Did, did, no, just can you change the message, the, the verses? And So they're going to do that in a minute. But, but Proverbs 13, you did get it, right? Yeah, 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 great. I mean, I know it off by heart, the, the scripture, the, most of the Bible, really, but just, just for their benefit, right, yeah. You are cheeky today. <laughs> You're mischievous. You got man. They're trouble. They're naughty. <laughs> Proverbs thirteen twenty two says a good man. Everyone say a good man. Good 
or a good woman, uh, ra- raises up a, or leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Much food is in the fallow ground of the poor, and for lack of justice, there is waste. Generational blessing. The Jews understand greatly generational blessing. They, they understand that, that, that it's about their kids and their kids after them. God is a generational God. God even calls himself, some of you might be able to help me here, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. There's Abraham, Abe gets about 10 chapters or so in Genesis. Jacob gets about 10. Poor old Isaac in the middle, he gets just a couple of, a couple of chapters. His name's, the, his name's laughing, laughter. I don't think he's laughing about that. But those, those chapters are power packed. And, and I want to read you a little bit of that Genesis, if I can find it. Genesis chapter 26, that's right. I nearly forgot. 26. So understand this, that just like many people over this last season have been in a God, look at you. You're amazing. Who are you? Who are you up there? Incredible. Amazing. Just like, just like many of us have been through kind of a wilderness season, through this whole crazy time. Masks, no masks, vax, no vax. Uh, politics, the racial injustices, and like everything. It's been a big, big season. And, 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 and that has caused many people to, in a sense carry like a dullness in their thinking, sometimes dark thinking, wondering, gosh, what's happening? Distracted for this issue and that issue, jumping on the bandwagon of every political thing that's going on. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Here, here a conspiracy, there a conspiracy, everywhere a conspiracy. Oh, McDonald had a conspiracy. <laughs> E-I-E-I-O. So, so in the desert, again, we, we turn on a faucet. We don't, in Australia, we turn on taps. So same, same, but different. So, so you turn on a faucet and the water comes out, hopefully. Um, we used to do that with, at the petrol bowser, but we can only afford a little squirt right now. But uh, uh, <laughs> how, many, how many want to buy a bike, right? <laughs> how, how many want to turn Amish, right? Let's go to Pennsylvania. So, so the desert, water is like gold, liquid gold. And, and so a well is synonymous with the epicenter of a whole community for the sake of generations. And so, and so the Bible makes it very, very clear for Isaac, Genesis 26, and uh, let me read here, in verse 12, it says, Isaac planted crops in the land and the same is in a famine, incidentally, in the desert, in a famine. He planted crops in that land, and the same year he reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. How many like a, a year like that? Yeah. Come on, Isaac. <laughs> Come on, you good thing. Let's go. So then it goes on and says, The man became rich or wealthy, prosperous, and the wealth continued to grow until it became very, very prosperous. He had so many flocks and herds and servants, the Philistines envied him so that all the wells that his father, listen to this, 
all the wells that his father and sorry his father's servants had dug the Philistines actually filled up so what the enemies would do is they would fill up with with dirt with soil the the wells that were dug and so right here the arch enemy of of Israel who were the Philistines they used to fill them in let me ask you a question who is your Philistine Who's your arch enemy? Who, who is, what, is, what is that thing that continually comes and wants to fill up your wells? He, he, what is that? Is, is that? is it lust? Is it, is it, is it money? Like be, be, tell the truth and shame the devil. Come on. Is it, be honest here. Is, I don't need you to you know, put your hand up or stand up or anything like that. Is it, is it your anger issue? Is it, that, is it that victim mentality that says, well, I was born on the wrong side of the tracks, I'll always be on the wrong side of the tracks, and, you know, thank God I'm still alive, just barely making it through. I'm a son of the Most High God. I've got the Spirit of God in me. Jesus Christ valued my life so much, He took it on the cross, rose from the dead, and I'm barely making it through. You are a daughter of God. See, like, I'm not just saying, I'm just preaching stuff. You are a son of God. When, you re- when, when your thinking realizes that, you will never see, you will never look back. You can't unknow something that you really know. The verse goes on and says... So, and again, I don't expect you to know this. There's a thing called the Great Awakening, which was a move of God's spirit in the mid-1700s. And, uh, and, and, and that, that, the, the two key figures there were a guy named Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield. George Whitfield got kicked out of most churches because pastors were jealous of the powerful preacher that he was. He had open air meetings and sometimes gathering 30,000 people. Um, Jonathan Edwards was a genius of a theologian. And so these two, it's a double punch. And, and, and there was something like 50,000 plus people come to Christ. It, it, historians say it changed the future of America. You came out as a freedom exercise, escaping religious tyranny and that was great for a while. And then the community started to get prosperous. And so, and so the, the, the churches were filled with half-baked, mealy-mouth pew-sitters at best. And so there was a need for God to breathe on the church. Now, what most of you, if you do even know about the Great Awakening, which happened largely up in the New England area, but spread across the nation, 20 years before there was a revival that was the precursor to the great awakening that happened out of Cranford, 20, 30 minutes from here, New Jersey. There have been some deep reservoirs, wells of God that have been dug in this very county. And I'm suggest, I am... I am prophesying over you that it's time to redig the wells 
that have been established to bring revival to this part of the world and right across the United States. Why not? Why not? But your thinking is going, oh, I don't know, Pastor. <laughs> Struggling to make ends meet. As you lift your thinking to God kind of thoughts, it opens you up to, have a, to understand there's a destiny from heaven <laughs> on your life. And then, the, and then the moving on a little further... Then the, the herdsmen, the servants of Isaac, they started to dig some new wells. So they redug the wells, got rid of all the junk and the dirt. That's a word from someone here. It's just time to redig the wells and get rid of the junk. Some of, you, some of you are indulging junk right now. Some of you are indulging things in your life. And God's God, by His grace, is going to give you the strength. Today, that stops. Today, that thing stops. They read, let me tell you this story here. Uh, reading, you can find it, just to, you can check it up just to see it. I'm telling you the truth. But then they dug three wells. The first well they dug, was called, they called it Esek. Because what happened was the herdsmen of Isaac and there was the herdsmen of Gerah who were also resident there. And they had this, they had this, you know, Smackdown. They had this world WWW. Ladies and gentlemen, the herdsmen of Isaac and the herdsmen of Girah. And they had a big Smackdown over the well. And he called it Esek, which means argument or contention. And then the next well they dug was called, they called it Sitna, which means accusation. Accusation. That's interesting. When you purpose to shift your thinking to generational and eternal thinking, you're going to have some arguments in your head. You're going to have some contention in your head internally. And, and, and you, you, you can either choose to believe the lie that says you are nothing. If they knew who you were, you can, yeah, it's great for an Aussie preacher who can't even speak proper English, get up there and whip you up and stuff. That's not true. Might be true. It's not true for me. You're going to have contention. Yeah. Expect it. Yeah. That's what happened to them. Before the new well, there'll be, and then, and then there's, there's some full on accusation. You might get accusation from your family, you might get accusation from your friends. Some of you actually need to get some new friends. Did I say that or did I just think it? Sometimes I think something and I, I don't know whether I say it or not. Seriously, they're not doing you any good. They're not interested in your destiny. They're just, they, they, they like you being around because it makes them feel comfortable in their misery. In a few minutes, I'm going to pray for everyone here who says, Michael, I'm sick of mucking around. I'm sick of just fluffing around with my faith. I'm sick of bumping along the bottom. I am going to give my heart and life and soul and future to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're, going to, we're doing a, drawing a line in the sand today. Opposition, 
absolute accusation. You know who the best accuser is? The devil. He's called the father of lies. He's the accuser of the brethren. They persisted. They busted through the the contention, the argument. They busted through the accusation. And then they dug the third well, which is called Rehoboth, Rehoboth, which is spaciousness and room enough for everyone. And I believe that, church alive, that your life is coming into a place of Rehoboth. I want to lift your thinking to not just the the royal trinity, me, myself, and I, to generations, to eternity. I lost a dear friend just a couple of weeks ago. Like, he was a very good friend. I stayed in his home about a month, a year. Uh, He was an intern of mine at Hillsong about 35 years ago. Um, We love his family. His kids call me Uncle Mike. And... uh, if that's the Holy Spirit, just tell them I'm nearly finished, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm nearly done. I'm nearly done. Sometimes he calls and says, enough, enough. Come into the good bit, God. Come into the good bit. And so we had his funeral and so forth. Um, and, 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 it, and, and in fact, that song we sang, He Won't, which is not the name of it, but what is it? Firm Foundation. He, that was his favourite song. He sang it at the funeral. So today it was like, ah. He, he, he squeezed the marrow out of life. He was a pastor, um, professional man back in the day, was a managing director of an advertising agency, accountant, and blah, blah, blah. And put something like 4,500 people through Alpha. Took 400 people to overseas missions trips. Um, built his campus from 42 people to about 1,200. Interesting enough, he started his campus with 42 people, Vellani, and at his funeral service, we had 42 decisions for Jesus. <laughs> How cool is that? But, but during worship, and I was about to address his campus as like a friend of the family, and we work with the church up there, River Valley. Um, they, they, they did a song called Hallways. They wrote a song called Hallways. And the notion of it was simply that, Lord, remind me this is not my home. This is just a hallway. Could you give me a G? I'll sing that actually. No, no, just joking. So, so Anthony, I had this, this kind of impression in my mind. Anthony coming to like, whew, took his last breath on earth. And these five story, huge oak doors flung open. And he stepped into the most dazzling light with the sound like a jumbo jet. And he took his first breath of the atmosphere of heaven. I was like, oh. Here's the thing, you never know how close to those doors you are. You're in a hallway right now. Sometimes we live in the hallway as if there's no end to the hallway. But as we walk along, I think there's some doors. And I believe there's a door right now. And it's kind of a jar, a bit of a a crack of light coming through. And I believe that God wants you to invite you to lean against that door. Because in the other side of that door, as you're still walking along the hallway, there's a shaft of light. It's going to come and wake you up on the inside. I want to throw the gauntlet of challenge down to you to get out of just the here and now thinking. Get out of a thinking that is just encumbered by all of your problems. Get your eyes off you and you get your eyes on the living God. We sang it. Turn 
my eyes on Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face and the things of earth. It's amazing. They grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. I invite you to lift your eyes to a generational, plant a tree. Plant a tree in prayer. Come on, men. Come on, men. There's 100 men there, one or 200. This would not, this is not just, okay, pastor, I'll get up at, oh man, I'm normally, I'm normally at nine o'clock and that's early for me, but I'll get up at five. It'll do something in you. That step, those of you right now are saying, oh, that ain't gonna happen. Why not? I'm not mad at you. I wanna stir you up. There's something about getting with other men and women, but praying. Your pastor has laid the gauntlet of challenge. This Tuesday morning, 6 a.m. here, be there or be square. Why not? Plant Plant a little sapling like Valerie did of prayer. Plant a sapling of a decision, we'll get to that just in a moment, of dedicating your life afresh to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then even plant a seed. Believe and build. This thing, this, this place, we've only been here five minutes and already too small. Get used to it. Revival's messy and it costs money. It's true. It's true. So believe for God to do something in you so you're in a position to be able to help contain what God is doing. Here's what we're going to do real quick. I'm gonna to count to three just in a moment's time. When I hit three, every person here and those in our online family, you say, Michael, I need to get my life right with Christ. Then I wanna invite you to confidently and boldly lift your hand in the air, acknowledging God, this is me right here. And I'm sick of just bumping along the bottom. I'm sick of fluffing around, poking a stick at my relationship with you. Today, something changes. That's the genesis of change thinking. Close your eyes right across the house. Even even those in our online family, close your eyes unless you're driving your car. True. Close your eyes. Here we go. One, Jesus Christ died that you might have life. He paid the full price of your sin so that you could walk shame-free and totally forgiven. Two, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. When you hear His voice, don't harden your heart, but respond to Him. Here we go. When I say three, everyone here from the front to the back and those online who say, Michael, pray for me, include me in this prayer. I wanna get my life right with Christ. I wanna come back into that zone that I know God wants me to dwell. If that's you right now, all over the house, lift it up. Three, right across the place. Many hands, many, many hands. Too many to count. Those online right now, God is looking at you right now. Even in your lounge room, just lift your hand. Say, yeah, God, heaven, it's as if you're in the room to heaven. I'm sick of being sick and tired. I'm sick of going through the motions. Today, something shifts as you repent of doing life three quarters your own way and just a little bit of God on the side. I want you to pray with faith in your heart right now. Speak it out strongly. Those that haven't got their hands raised, 
you, you pray as well. Let's do some business with God right now. Church Alive, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, come on, dear Heavenly Father, I come to You right now in the Name of Your Son, Jesus. I acknowledge my need of You. From my heart with my mouth, I confess You as my Lord and Saviour. And with the help of Your Holy Spirit, I want to live every day to please You. I want to live for the generations. I want to live for eternity. In Jesus' Name, Amen and Amen. Come on, bring on the revival. Bring on the Spirit of God.